Welcome to the Financial Coaches Network, a show to help financial coaches build and grow successful coaching businesses by focusing on the three pillars, getting clients, working with clients, and running the business. I'm Garrett Fulbin. Over the first four years as a coach, I grew a successful financial coaching business to over 80K in annual revenue. And I'm Joshua Escalante Troche. As a tenured professor of entrepreneurship and a consultant, during the past two decades, I've helped more than a thousand entrepreneurs start and grow their businesses. So get that pen and paper ready or open up the notes app on your phone. It's time to build your ideal financial coaching business. Welcome back to FCN's podcast. Emily, what are we talking about today? So today we are going to be talking about cash flow budgeting or rollover budgeting, budgeting, which is another term and I hadn't heard before that you just informed me about. And we're, we're going to talk about it in context of, of thinking about how most people use zero-based budgeting here in the U.S. And so we're going to talk about both of those types of budgetings and then the differences between them. Okay. So let's go ahead. You want to start with some definitions? Yeah, probably helpful. <laughs> and uh, the definitions that I'm going to give are the where the definitions of where these budgeting concepts came from, which is not personal finance. Personal finance people have taken these definitions and sort of usurped them, sometimes not accurately <laughs> for the purposes of personal finance. Yeah. And, you know, I, I did some research preparing for this podcast and I tried, looked up the definitions and every definition I found was it was really related to businesses. And so it was interesting to see how we have taken that. I don't know about we, someone, somebody, people have taken that definition and applied it to personal finance and kind of almost forced it on us um, in a way is how I feel, at least personally, mm -hmm. that the zero based budgeting is is um, maybe not perfect. For, for personal finance, but anyway, I want to, I want to dive into those details here. So, yeah. So let's go through each one of them. We're going to start with the rollover budget. So we've got rollover budgeting, we've got zero-based budgeting, and we've got cash flow budgeting. So those are three. Okay. So we're going to start with the rollover budget and rollover budgeting uh, is, you know, honestly, what people do when people talk about, oh, we're going to use zero-based budgeting. In reality, they do a combination of the three, right? We don't really do any right. one of the three. So uh, rollover budgeting is the concept where when we do budgeting at the end of the year for next year in a business, how do we actually build that budget? Well, the first methodology, the rollover budget is you take last year's budget and you roll it over to next year's budget. And then we look at it and have discussions about any modifications that might need to be made. Okay. Now, let's be honest. Everyone who purports to say that they push zero-based budgeting and what we're going to do is zero-based budgeting, that is not what they do. Right? Right. You are not sitting there saying, uh, you, I'm sorry, you absolutely do rollover budgeting. Yeah. Because you Most roll over the do, mortgage. Yeah. Yep. Right? You, yeah. you roll over the car payment unless the payment is no longer there, in which case you then come in and take it out, right? So every zero-based budget in personal finance actually does roll over budgeting, just not necessarily kind of a, for everything. 
Kind of a combination, really? Yeah, it's kind of a combination. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the reason why this is problematic is because in a business where you've got lots of competing interests among departments, you've got people that have their own individual budgets, not just for the different VPs, but all the different departments under those VPs. What ends up happening is people tend to just hold on to budget and hold on to money. And oftentimes the budget doesn't get spent. It just gets rolled yep. over, right? Yeah. And not spending money in a business is a problem, right? And so uh, so to replace that, it, the, there was the concept of zero-based budgeting. Zero-based budgeting is where you say, we're rolling over nothing. We're going to start from scratch every budgeting period, and we are going to rebuild the budget from the ground up with requests from everyone. For specific, For specific things that they items. need. Yes. Right. And re-justify all spending. Okay. Wow. And this started in the 70s from what I read. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so this has been around for a long time. And, you know, let's, and, and people who purport to use zero-based budgeting or, or teach zero-based budgeting, they're not teaching that because that's not what you actually no. ever do. And that's not what you would ever want to do with clients. You're not going to sit there with a client and say, okay, well, we're going to rebuild your budget. And I need you to justify why you need this much money for rent. (laughs) Right. Right. Well, in, in business too, think about the timeframe. Typically they're building a budget for a whole year, right? A whole fiscal year. So there's where I said they did not do it correctly. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. No business would ever do this on a monthly basis. And why is that Josh? Because it is stupid. It takes up way too much time and you're going to be spending enormous amounts of uh, man and woman hours on building this thing out with very little benefit. Yeah. I mean, I've, I came from the corporate world. I was in it for about 15 years and and I've built many budgets and it is painful and it takes months of work to get a new budget created. So you can't do it on a monthly basis. No. And they, and this is where they, they, when I say they brought it over and they did it incorrectly, right? They bring it over and they say, okay, we're going to apply this to a monthly basis. That is not realistic. And I know people will say, I've had experience where people have had success with clients, okay, with doing it. More people have dropped off of budgeting because of this. I totally agree with that. Completely. Because right. <laughs> yeah. I love budgeting. I'm one of the geeks that loves sitting down and doing the budget. And we used to do that. My husband and I, before we had kids, we'd spend every Sunday, several hours, we were working on the budget. And then every month we'd close out the old budget and open up the new and roll over though. In this case, we'd roll over right. the old one. So you do some rollover and then some, some rollover, yeah. some modifications. Yeah. Uh, and it got to the point where I just, even I wasn't enjoying it anymore because by the time I was done with all of that work, I was exhausted and I didn't even want to look at the big picture anymore. I didn't want to look at the results because I was just done. <laughs> yeah. And you know, you can you can have that and energy for that for a few months. I did it for a few years, but <laughs> I'm strange. Yeah. So you meaning the generic you. Right, right. Clients yes. can have the energy for doing that for a few months. Yeah. 
but it, it doesn't actually help as much as people think it does. Because when you're, you know, one of the big things that people say is, well, you're going to, you're going to figure out what you need to spend on at the beginning of the month before you spend any of the money. Okay. Here's the fundamental problem with that statement. Okay. The fundamental problem with that statement is what you're saying is you're struggling because you don't have enough money to last through the month. So what we're going to do is we are going to shift that stress from the end of the month to when you run out of money to the beginning of the month when you realize that you're going to run out of money, right? right. The, the fundamental problem with doing zero-based budgeting on a monthly basis, aside from the amount of energy that it takes, aside from the fact that it in no way is connected to how zero-based budgeting is done in business and, the, and how the strategy was originally developed, right? right? Because that should be on an annual basis, not on a... right calendar basis, right? But the problem is that you're not actually addressing long-term issues because you're basically just shifting the stress from the end of the month to the beginning of the month of, we have this much money, how are we going to come up with it? Right. Right. When the DMV bill comes, where are we going to come up with Okay, so we moved it from the deadline of the 15th to the first of the month, but right. it, that doesn't change the nature of the money that's available for that DMV bill, right? Um, so zero-based budgeting by itself is not going to be effective, right? And then we get to cash flow budgeting. So cash flow budgeting, the idea behind cash flow budgeting is we are going to plan out what the liabilities are. Now, liabilities in this case is not the debts. Liabilities in this case are the expenses that are required to be paid at what period of time in the future. And we're going to build the budget based on those expected liabilities, those anticipated liabilities. This is how insurance companies plan out how they're going to pay for insurance, the insurance okay. payout. This is how pensions plan out how they're going to pay for the monthly payments when people retire. This I is how. This, huh? mm -hmm. Well, I, I found this referenced for farms, specifically for yeah. farms, because it's very forward-looking for farms of what your expense is going to be in the next year. Yeah, and farms have really, really weird spending yeah. patterns, cash flow yeah. patterns, because all their money comes in all at once, and then right. they have these periods of high spending, not during the time the money's coming in, and periods of low spending because you have to buy all of the uh, stuff and hire the people to plant this, the crops. Right. And then they just sit there for a while and you pay for water. Right. And then you spend a bunch of money to come in and clean out the pests during whether you're using pesticides or doing all natural method, right? Doing right. organic That's method, it. you yep. still have to do it. And those happen at certain times during the crop's life cycle. So, right. So there's these weird ups and downs that happen. Yeah. Um, and so farmers, yeah, cash flow budgeting is really helpful for them. But it, it is when companies talk about doing sophisticated budgeting, they're talking about cash flow budgeting, right? Yeah, to, to I feel really, like that's what I've seen most of in my experience with businesses. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cash flow budgeting tends to be the the methodology that even a zero-based budget 
departments will oftentimes do cash flow budgeting in order to mm-hmm. build out their justification for the zero-based budget. So even the zero-based budgets oftentimes have cash flow budgeting underneath them, right? right? As, as sort right. of the, the underpinnings. The actual, how you actually build it, essentially. So when we talk about the, when we talk about cash flow budgeting, you know, it's, it is honestly the way that most businesses run their budgets. Zero-based budgeting is, uh, you know, rollover budgets is the laziest way. Zero-based budgeting is kind of an older school model, still exists quite a bit. Most of them will do cash flow budgeting, which combines a lot of the benefits of zero-based budgeting and a lot of the benefits of rollover budgeting. And then add some additional benefits as well. Okay. Let's talk about those. So what, what are the benefits you get from each, each one of these? Yeah. So rollover budgeting, the benefits you get from that is pretty, pretty damn obvious, which is <laughs> you have a lot less work to do. Right. right? It's easier. And there are certain point. things that if that using zero-based budgeting for is just creating unnecessary work for yourself. Right. You know for a fact that the mortgage is going to be the mortgage. And unless we refinance, we can roll that over for the next 30 years. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, there might be a little bit. Yeah. I might see some adjustments through there for insurance, et cetera, going up. That yeah. Kind of there might be. Yeah. yeah. And then we make that adjustment and we yep. roll it over again. Yeah. Right. Uh, we know that the car payment is going to be the car payment for the next yep. four years. And we can roll it over for four years. We know that. Um, a lot of things in life are are pretty much rollover, right? Yeah. Um, and so that's a that's a huge advantage is that it it reduces the amount of time that you spend on building the budget. It also reduces the amount of mental energy that things that don't need to be figured out. Right? We don't. We're no longer right. trying to figure those out. We're just saying we're going to roll over these parts of the budget, and that means that we have more mental energy to spend on the bigger, more important decisions related to the budget right. or relate, not related to the budget, right? Outside of the budget. Right? So that's the, that's the biggest benefit of the rollover budget and why any good budgeting system should have rollover budget as part of the, as part of the process, right? Yeah. Um, the next thing, uh, the next benefit is zero-based budgeting. With zero-based budgeting, you are justifying spending on a regular basis. Doing zero-based budgeting on a monthly basis is a bad idea, though. And that is what most budgeting techniques teach, is doing For zero. a lot of the software as well. Yeah. A lot of software as well. Well, yeah, and Emily's, Emily's getting ready to argue with us on the YNAB thing, but... <laughs> yeah, excellent. <laughs> excellent. <laughs> uh, the... Uh, yeah, Emily, argue away. I so know. If I you know. want to pop in and argue for face to face, feel free. Uh-oh. The, Uh-oh. Uh, but the, the zero based budgeting approach on a monthly basis is not something that is, um, that is sustainable. And I, I think that it's a good idea to justify certain things again, right? At least sure. on an annual basis, right? Right. But justifying things on a monthly basis is generally not going to be healthy for the relationship, either the relationship between the clients, the relationship right. between you and the client, 
and it's not going to provide as much benefit as you think. Um, so, for example, you know, justifying vacation spending, right? How much should we spend on vacations? Doing that once a year as you plan out, okay, what are the vacations that you want to take this year and how can we fit it into your budget? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Justify yeah. it at the beginning of the year. Redoing that justification three times throughout the year, one for the big vacation and two for the small little weekend vacations is a waste of energy and time. And it puts you at odds with the client. And it puts the clients at odds with each other if they're uh, a couple. If they disagree too, yeah. If they disagree. Yeah, I can see that they, in other categories, even like groceries, like for, you know, the spouse that thinks they, the other spouse spends too much on groceries, right? Or clothing or so, anything. Just reopening um, a wound over and yeah. over and over again. Yeah. And you're, you're basically making it so that agreement can never happen, right? If we say we're going to take three vacations and this is how much we're going to spend and now we're all in agreement, great. That's our plan. And we're going to revisit it next year. If we're doing that every time the vacation comes up, then you are literally saying, let's reopen the argument. Uh, you're giving not just tacit right. approval, you're giving a forum to reopen right. the argument, right? Um, and so that's an issue, right? And by the way, most people I am willing to bet who practice cash flow budgeting, Emily included, right? I'm willing to bet that you probably don't do that with clients. <laughs> Even though cash flow zero-based budgeting would, I'm sorry, most people who practice zero-based budgeting don't actually do that with clients wouldn't, and wouldn't do that with clients um, either because they realize or they have experienced probably wouldn't be helpful. Yeah. Right. Um, oh, Chi has an interesting comment. He said he actually doesn't do any budgeting anymore, but it's all automation. That sounds kind of like the yearly kind of thing. Yeah, the so I don't do monthly budgeting at all, ever. Yeah. Um, we so my so the cash flow budgeting that we're looking at is what are the expenses that are going to that are coming up throughout the year, and then we plan out those expenses, and then that just becomes a part of their plan on a monthly basis. Right. But it, that monthly basis is based on the entire year, not based on that month. Right. Right. That allows us to look much more long term. It also allows us to have discussions about things more deeply because we can have a much deeper discussion. If we're talking about vacations once a year, we can have a much deeper discussion about vacations than if we are having talks about vacations every three months. All right. Right. So you're. So in conclusion, the zero-based budget is good on a long-term viewpoint. Zero, is that the zero? Well, no, because why would you not just roll over last year's mortgage right. into the zero-based budget? Right. Okay. Right. Well, what right. are the pros of the zero-based budget then? Because you said that you, you get pros from each one. So there's yeah. So the pros. I thought I already said this, but just in case I okay. didn't, I, I may just have had the conversation. Maybe in the I was reading. I might have been reading when you said it. Yeah. Sorry. So the the pro of the zero-based budget is it forces you to reevaluate your spending on, on mm -hmm. something and whether or not that spending is still aligned with your values, still aligned with what's important to you, still aligned with got it. Okay. Your priorities, right? And that's really, really helpful, but it's really, you, you don't get any more benefit from doing that more than once a year, 
right? There, yeah. There's not a lot of benefit from doing that more than once a year. Beyond that, it's helpful because it allows you to identify things that you used to spend money on, but you're no longer wanting to, which frees up money to spend on other things. Right. Again, not really super helpful except for once a year. Right. And if you're doing it once a year, if something does come up, well, well, we sold our second car, so we don't need that insurance money anymore. That's going to come up naturally through your conversations anyway. And so therefore the benefit that you would have gotten from doing it monthly, you're probably going to get from having regular conversations, right? right? Without having to have an artificial thing of the budget to create that. Okay, the, so we we that's probably the just of zero based. We probably just made a whole pe- bunch of people really mad. Of course, <laughs> I'm good what at that. What do you that. mean zero based budget isn't the right way to do it? So let's let's talk then about the additional benefits that you get from cash flow budget, budgeting. So you you had said that you cash flow budgeting gets some benefits from the other two, mm-hmm. but then you get additional benefits. So what are those additional benefits? Yeah. So cash flow budgeting, you would in cash flow budgeting, you're going to be looking at, okay, what type of spending are we looking at doing over the course of the next year? Right. In cash flow budgeting, you're going to start with, okay, we know these things are liabilities that are consistent. Our mortgage is going to stay the same. So we're just going to copy and paste those in. Right. So we do the rollover of that because we know that that's what the cash flow liabilities are every month period of end of story, right? We also start to identify, oh, our DMV bill comes in this month, right? So we know that that cash flow is going to come out. And when we look at the budget throughout the year, how do we, how are we going to accommodate for that, that month, right? Now there's lots of ways that we can do that. We can save up for it. We can identify that well, we don't have tuition payments in the year, in the month that the DMV bill comes. So the money that would have gone to tuition right. payments is going to go, right? So there's lots of ways that we can yep. figure that out. Yep. And it gives us flexibility to be able to say, what is the best way to deal with this? Because we're seeing those liabilities play out throughout the year. Yeah. Right. The, uh, the next thing, the next benefit that it gives us is that because we're having a conversation about what the liabilities are, it gives a forum for the zero-based budget. Well, we're planning on doing three vacations, one in this month, one in this month, mm. one this month. Okay, great. Let's talk about that. You know, How much do you want to spend on them? Are you sure that that's the amount you want to spend? Because that's going to take away from these other things, right? So right. We, we gain the benefit of that zero-based approach because we're planning those things out over time as well. Um, and so it kind of has the best of all worlds combined with the ability to, ha- to be able to have foresight and be able to say, well, what is the best way that we want to deal with the fact that our DMV, uh, our car registration is gonna happen in September, right? You wanna save it as a goal. You wanna have a special bank account for it. Right. There's all these different ways. Do you want to just split it up amongst the next six months? Yeah. Do you want to identify that you're saving toward uh, your vacation every month? And in September, instead of putting $1,400 in the vacation fund, you're going to put $1,000 in the vacation fund because that still gets you to your vacation number. And you're just going to use that extra $400 for the DMV bill. Right. 
Yeah. Lots of ways we can handle it. Yeah. And cash flow budgeting allows for that when we look at things in a more holistic area. Okay. Yeah. But if you're going to stick with zero-based budgeting, please stop doing it on a monthly basis. <laughs> By the way, this oh, doesn't gosh. mean you don't track just... things on a monthly basis. It doesn't mean that okay. you don't look at the budget on a monthly basis. We, we just shouldn't be sitting there and saying, re-justify why you're spending rent this month. Re-justify your grocery bill this month, right? So many things um, are, they're consistent throughout the year. And really think about it from the perspective of, even you know companies that use zero-based budgeting, they do it on an annual basis, right? And think nice. about how that yeah. would positively impact your your clients. Um, okay, really wish I wish Emily would call in because she's got a lot of comments, and she. So let's let me just read this comment and see yeah. if we can talk about it. So she says zero-based forces prioritization. We decided we'd spend four hundred dollars on restaurants each month, but we spent. We only spent 398 this month, but we really want takeout. So we've already spent almost all of it. Where can we pull that money from so that we can still afford our bills and other things? Yep. Cash, cash uh, flow budgeting is the exact same thing, right? Which is yeah. we've, you, we said we're going to spend $400 on restaurants each month. We've already spent $398 this month. We want to spend more, right? Okay. So what do we do? So let's have a conversation about it, right? We, <laughs> it doesn't change it that you still have that. You still do that exact same thing with cash flow. You're just not resetting it to zero. Right. You're saying we're going to spend $400 every month. Even within that statement, we decided we'd spend $400 on restaurants each month. That statement right there is not zero-based budgeting. That statement right. right there is either cash flow or rollover budgeting. Right. True zero-based budgeting is if we're doing it on a monthly basis, true zero-based budgeting would be, well, last month we decided to spend $400 on restaurants. Let's have the conversation over again for how much we want to spend this month on it. Right. So true zero-based budgeting that is inconsistent with that statement because you said each right. month, right? Now, mind you, there is a big difference between what people talk about in personal finance and true zero-based budgeting. And the reality is the overlap between rollover cash flow and zero-based budgeting in personal finance is much, much broader than people realize. <laughs> what do you mean? Right. Exactly. So exactly what Emily said. Oh, YNAB okay. says, it says right. we're a zero-based budgeting program. And right. she said, I don't know many YNAB people yeah. who redo everything on a monthly basis. Yeah. Exactly. So it's truly not, truly not zero, even though they're calling it zero-based budgeting, it's really not that. Yeah, because you're not going to zero. And you shouldn't. I'm not saying that, you know, Emily or anyone else who's using YNAB quote unquote, incorrectly is actually using it incorrectly. No, that's the proper way to use it, right? Right. Um, now, I know there's other software out there. <laughs> okay. I feel, I feel a little brainwashed by some of the software out there um, that does encourage you to create a new budget every month. And that at the end of the month, you close out that budget so that you know how much you have left over to go pay 
take the extra money to pay towards whatever your goals are, debt, emergency fund, whatever it is. Right. Um, <laughs> and you're saying that's probably not the best way to do it. <laughs> I, yeah, absolutely saying it's not the best way to do it. Okay. And this is, by the way, from working with literally thousands upon thousands of people, not just my clients, but all of my students, where we are doing over the last 20 years, working with literally thousands upon thousands of people. Um, and, you know, when I teach budgeting in the personal finance class, they're actually building their own budget. And I have everything from people who live with their parents all the way up to people in their 70s trying to figure out how to make ends meet with Social Security. Right. Right. Uh, in classes. So we're we're so very broad range of types of people. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, to people that, you know, I, I'm always I always find it funny when I see a budget come in and their monthly income is like twenty eight thousand dollars. Right. And, you know, I'll I'll men- I'll ask them. Do we is that truly your monthly income? I want to make sure that we're not adjusting it. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, you know. And they might and sometimes they'll say, Yeah, I'm not counting some of my income because you know, I don't want to count that. I want to save that, right? Um so yeah, it's a very broad base. Yeah. And right. the um the the fundamental challenge, well, re-ask your question to make sure I think I might be going in a different direction than what you originally asked. So what was no, your- that's no, I don't even know. Is this the just like going back to the zero base? Like, do we do we tr- ever oh, truly close, yeah, yeah. close out the month? Yeah. Um, and what 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 I have found with those thousands and thousands of people is that the more effort you have people put into budgeting, the less likely they're to follow it. Yeah. Right? Especially yeah. over the long term. Right. Yeah. The the when we look at how people do their their budgets, closing it out at the end of the month and, and then saying, this is how much you have left over. What you're basically saying there is your goals are the least important thing in your spending. Yeah. Right. Um, I kind of do the opposite, which is you've said that taking a vacation is important to you. That's the first thing you do. I love that. Yep. And then everything else we figure out afterward. Right. And we don't figure it out on a monthly basis because that's when, if you're trying to do everything monthly, starting from scratch monthly, you kind of have to say, how much do I have left over? Right. If on the other hand, you're doing it, looking at it over longer periods of time and saying, this is going to be our budget for this year. It's a consistent budget throughout the year then we've already and we're doing that cash flow budgeting where we're identifying what are the liabilities throughout the year then we've already identified what all those costs are going to be up front which means we can say paying off your debt is your priority taking a family vacation is your priority so let's do that spending the day after your paycheck comes in right literally put the money into the savings account the day after the paycheck comes in send the money to the credit card company the day after the paycheck comes in because we've already anticipated not just all the things that are going to happen this month, but all the things that are going to happen three months from now. And we know that the budget works because we've looked at the cash flow over that period of time. 
Okay. I have one more question that kind of came from Emily, one of her mm-hmm. comments. And then I think potentially we can think about doing another, another episode just around cash flow budgeting and, and what that really means and the difference. We were talking about the differences, but what that yeah. really means in reality of, of working with clients. Yeah. Um, but so she, she said, you know, YNAB's definition of zero-based budgeting is basically look at all the money in your accounts and figure out what to do with it. But this, and you hear this a lot, give every dollar a name or give every dollar a job. What are your thoughts on that? Um, Rule, I mean, that's literally, that's not zero-based budgeting. That's right. budgeting, right? That's, that's it, just budgeting. That is, yeah. So that's right. consistent with rollover budgeting. That's consistent with zero-based right. budgeting. That's consistent with cash flow budgeting. Right? It's just you're, what time frame you're looking at, really. It's what time frame you're looking at it, and it's how you're starting the budget, right? Are you starting right. it based on last period? You know, when I work with clients, I... I don't do anything on a monthly basis. And I really wish that zero-based budgeting people did not, uh, when they brought it over, they, the original zero-based budgeting people didn't use the term period, right? Because it allowed people to interpret that as a monthly thing when right. it was never intended to be monthly and no business does it monthly. Yeah, everything I read was business related and nothing. It was maybe quarterly, but most of the time it was yearly. Most of what yeah. I had read about doing research for this. So, yeah. Yeah, okay, well, so a lot that, of that's a big challenge. And, and I think yeah. that the more that we can align personal budgeting with best practices in business budgeting, the better results we're going to have for clients, you know. Keep in mind that businesses have been managing their budgets far longer than there's been a personal finance concept, right? Yeah. Uh, businesses have l- pay lots of people lots of money to manage their finance, the business finances in a very, very intelligent way. And so the idea that things that don't align with the way businesses manage their finances would somehow be better is it's kind of an unjustifiable position to take. Yeah. Right. So the more we can align it with the way businesses manage their finances, the better. Now that doesn't mean we can, we can align it perfectly because there's lots of differences between a right. business and a family, right? Right. It's like, there's lots of differences between a government and a family. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, but even even with goal, like we took smart goals from business, right? And goals so, is literally stripped from business. In fact, almost right. everything in personal finance is stripped from business and then yeah. adjusted for families based on the needs of, of the families. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go back to the roots and try and get it right. So yeah, so if maybe if, if people are interested, we'd be happy to do another episode around cash flow budget and what that really looks like in reality. Um, yeah, I think a lot of comments. people have a fear of cash flow budgeting because it's not what they've been taught. Yeah. But they'll realize that, oh, the way that I actually do budgeting is exactly cash flow budgeting. Yeah. Right? I think a lot That's of people will start to realize, oh, no, that is what I'm actually doing. I just, you know, don't call it that yet. Yeah. 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 And even she made a, made a point here that say, he said, uh, it's more important to get your client's behavior set before talking about any kind of budgeting really. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, and he said he talks about a spending plan instead of a budget. Cause I know budget tends to have a, <laughs> some people really don't like that term as well. So it's good talking about it as a spending plan instead. 
Oh yeah. In my personal finance class, when I do a, a fully online class, we do discussion forums and the discussion forum for the uh, money management portion of the class. Uh, the title of it is literally uh, the B word. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how some people look at it. <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, we're, we're over time by a little bit, so we can wrap it up here unless you have any final comments. No, I think that, uh, yeah, it might be good to have a conversation about what does cash flow budgeting actually look like. Yeah. 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 Emily, put it on the list. <laughs> <laughs> and come in so you can argue. I know she'll have, she'll have to come into it next time. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Thank day. you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Uh, it also helps iTunes and everything else know that you liked it and suggest it to other people. And if you can think of one person, a financial coach or someone aspiring to be, who would connect with what we talked about today, share it with them as well. If you're ready to take the next step and build your successful financial coaching business, FCN has turnkey resources to help you get clients, work with clients effectively, and run your business efficiently. Head to Financial Coaches Network backslash start here or Financial Coaches Network backslash stall if you're Sean Connery. Thank you again for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast.